Welcome to episode 25 of Pop Icon the Podcast. I'm your host, David, a digital media student at Gulf Coast State College and the host of Pop Icon Radio, Mondays through Fridays from 8 to 9 in the morning. We talk pop culture, we play pop music, and today has been like a doozy. We had our show this morning um, from 8 to 9. Afterwards, I went and I voice tracked in my friend DJ Karen's office up until about 11.15 or so. And here I am now uh, recording this podcast for your ears. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys already don't, be sure to check out Pop Icon Radio on Instagram at Pop Icon Radio. I'm trying to grow my following on there. Um, and I would really appreciate a follow. And uh, if you get me to a hundred, I'll give you a thousand dollars. I'm just kidding. I don't have a thousand dollars and you can't hold me liable for that. Um, so we're going to get into some pop culture news this week. We have got our box office top 10 of the week, our billboard hot 100 top 10. We've got some Kristen Stewart news. We've got some TikToker news. We have got the sheriff killing a woman by accident news. Like there's just like a lot to talk about on the show. Um, so first things first, I do want to say, well, other than thank you for listening to the podcast, I do want to say next week, I believe for episode 26, I believe we'll have my friend DJ Karen on, um, for the episode to talk about all types of pop culture news. Uh, she came on for episode 10 of the podcast. I talked about her last week and she came in, she sat with my show this morning and we were talking about, you know, just collabing on a couple of things here in the future. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but keep your eyes and your ears tuned for that. Um, like I said, we can just jump right into the billboard hot 100 top 10 of the week. Uh, let's just do it. Yeah, the billboard. Do we want to do the billboard? No, let's not do billboards first. Let's do the box office top 10 of the week. So the box office top 10 of the week, we have got some real crazy movies in here. Not really. It's like most of the same, except for there's like a new number one. So we will get into that. Um, so number 10 this week, we have got Land of Bad. We've got 1.6 million for that. Number nine, we have got Lisa Frankenstein, 2.1 million. At number eight, we've got Anyone But You, 2.4 million. Um, Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell. All the girlies are like talking about it. I like kind of want to see it, kind of. Um, number seven, we've got the Jason Statham starring The Beekeeper, 3.2 million. At number six, we have got Wonka, Timothy Chalamet, uh, 3.5 million. Total gross, 212 million. That's not bad. That's really not bad at all. At number five, we have got episode four of The Chosen, 3.6 million. At number four, we have got Migration, 3.8 million. At number three, we have got Argyle. That was possibly penned by Taylor Swift with 4.9 million. At number two, we have got Madame Webb, 15 million. And number one this week, we have got Bob Marley with One Love. Congratulations. Um, uh, some people are mad about that because of who they cast as Bob Marley, but I'm like, somebody's always going to be mad about some things. So I'm like, give it a fucking break. Um, so we've got our, let's get into some movie news next. How about that? So we have got Love Lies Bleeding dropping a trailer. So Love Lies Bleeding is a 2024 romantic thriller film directed by Rose Glass from a screenplay that she co-wrote with Veronica Tolfiska. Um, 
Is that how you pronounce the name? Veronica Tofilska. I love that. Um, it stars Kristen Stewart, Katie O'Brien, Jenna Malone, Anna Baroshnikov. Is that how you say it? Um, we've got Dave Franco in there and Ed Harris. So the synopsis for this film reads in the 1980s, a reclusive gym manager, Lou falls hard for Jackie, an ambitious bodybuilder heading through town to Las Vegas in pursuit of her dream. But their love ignites violence, pulling them deep into the web of Lou's criminal family. Um, uh, I'm excited. I watched the trailer for it and like, there's a scene of like this, like, gush of blood just like being thrown on Kristen Stewart and she's like giving like androgynous like lesbian I'm like give it all to me I want to watch this and then the other woman in it like Katie O'Brien she's like very muscular and, like I like that they're playing that up because like usually like muscular women get like they always give muscular women like shit they're like that's a man it's like that's not a fucking man that's just a strong ass fucking woman I know like a strong woman she was like a wrestler she could whoop your ass if you gave her some shit. So don't start with her. Um, so we've got that going on. We've got some more movie news. We've got Amber Alert. Um, have you heard of it? Yeah, you've heard of an Amber Alert before, obviously. So Lionsgate has acquired the world's rights to the under-the-radar thriller Amber Alert, which will star Golden Globe nominee Hayden Panettiere, as well as Golden Globe winner Tyler James Williams. Uh, the story will follow Jack, uh, played by Hayden Panettiere, who is eager to get her first day at a new job, and her driver, Shane, who is just trying to earn an extra at his side hustle. An alert of a child abduction on their phones will, try, will change all of that when they discover they are behind a car that matches the description of the kidnappers. Unable to let a possible child trafficker escape, they begin a pursuit that will put their own lives at risk. I'm like, okay, fucking taken. Like, what is going on here? There's, I don't know. Also, it seems like kind of like QAnon-y, like Sound of Freedom. I don't know. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't see it. Um, so we talked about last week, we talked about Madame Webb, all the viralness of that. Um, we got a little bit more going on with it. Uh, so Dakota Johnson is talking about her relationships with her co-stars, saying it was so fun having them around. The three of them really bonded, and then there was me. Um, she's, like, pushing this narrative that she's, like, this outsider. Um, she also, like, I saw this TikTok video of her where she, like, so that her co-stars were like annoying to her and that their relationship co like mirrors their relationship on screen and off screen. And I was like, why is she being a motherfucking hater? Why the fuck is she being a hater right now? Um, I don't know her like humor. She gets, I get it sometimes, but then sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't love that. So we'll jump into some more, uh, pop culture news we got some music news coming up next so we can jump into some more music news how about the billboard hot 100 top 10 of the week so this week um we have got i was gonna say a new number one we don't have a new number one but we do have two new songs on there and that's really exciting so number 10 this week we have got no con with six season at number nine we have got tate mccray with greedy at number eight, we've got I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan featuring Casey Musgraves. At number seven, we've got Snooze, SZA. At number six, we've got Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. At number five, we've got Lose Control, Teddy Swims. At number four, we have got Beautiful Things, Benson Boone. Um, at number three, we've got Kanye West and Ty Dollar Sign with Carnival. I'm not. Am I going to listen to it? Maybe I should listen to it. I You can't. 
how are you going to say if something's bad if you don't listen to it, you know? So, number two, we've got Texas Hold'em, Beyonce, debuting. Number two, that's amazing. Number one this week, we got Loving On Me, Jack Harlow. Number two, Texas Hold'em, that's crazy, Beyonce. Congratulations to her. Um, I bet number one, she, I bet number one. I bet next week she's going to be number one, right? She has to be. And if she's not... I'm going to break some fucking heads. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's fucking crazy. I just threaten people on here. Um, we can get into some music news next. So we've got some Normani news. So Normani has announced the title of her debut solo studio album, Dopamine. The album does not yet have a release date. Normani got her start with Fifth Harmony back in 2012, and she featured on all three of the girls' LPs, uh, 2015's Reflection, 2016's 727, and 2017's Fifth Harmony. The pop singer released the Khaled collaboration, Love Lies, her first single without her band, on Valentine's Day back in 2018. And the next month, Fifth Harmony announced their indefinite hiatus. Uh, Normani released her first true solo single, Motivation, in 2019. And since then, she shared songs including Diamonds, Bad to You, Wild Side, Fair, and New to You. She's also featured in Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar's Family Ties music video. So... Uh, Normani is uh, finally putting out an album. That's always like the joke. It's like she's finally putting out an album. Um, I liked Motivation. I liked Wild Side. I liked Love Lies. Um, and she was kind of fun in Fifth Harmony. So we'll see how it goes. I'll check it out maybe. Um, we've also got some Gaga news. We've got Gaga going Fortnite. Um, so Lady Gaga is trading in the love game for a video game. The singer is coming to the Fortnite Festival as the second season's headlining icon, launching on February 22nd. Her hits including Applause, Bloody Mary, Born This Way, The Edge of Glory, Rain On Me, Just Dance, and Stupid Love will be playable jam tracks, all available to perform on a Chromatica-inspired stage. Gaga is the second-ever headliner for the Fortnite Festival mode, which debuted in late 2023 with The Weeknd as its leading icon. Of course, he was like number one. I want The Weeknd and Lady Gaga to do a song together. Why haven't they? That's fucking rude that they haven't. Oh my god, my alarm is going off. What is that? Um, So we can jump into some... How about some television news next? So up next, I guess we can talk about some television news. We've got, according to Collider, Sabrina Breyer is gearing up to join the ABC show in season three of Abbott Elementary. Um, so in a TikTok teaser for an upcoming episode, Briar appears to be a teacher at the school. Um, now that I'm doing my fellowship at the district, I'd like to pop by and see how they're doing at Abbott. Janine, uh, played by Quinta Brunson, says in the clip uh, as she peeks into Briar's class, they hardly even know I'm here. Briar has a massive following on TikTok where she creates skits with her friends in a number of different, often awkward situations. Um, in addition to her upcoming role here, she also appeared in the limited web series Command Z, which also starred Michael Sarah and Roy Wood Jr. Um, uh, you know her. She's the, oh, oh, like that, that girl on TikTok, like, it's like your friend invites the friend that you don't like to dinner. It's like, oh, okay. Like that's, and that's like, oh, 
I love that like reaction, especially as like whenever I became, whenever I became, since I've been like a server like my entire life, that's like my favorite like go to now. Like anytime I'm like at a table and somebody's like, oh, maybe I should take that out. Maybe when they're like not acting so kind to me and I'm just like, oh, and they just like ask me for something, they're just like asking like a bitchy way. I'm just like, oh, okay, absolutely, whatever you say, sure. Like, that is where, like, I've, like, gotten that from. So, I would love to see it. Apparently, Casey Frey is going to be on there, too. I love Casey Frey. He's so cute. Apparently, he's gay, too. I need to meet him. Um, So, we got that little bit of television news. We've got Heather McDonald also spilling some tea on her podcast. Um, When she's not being, like, controversial and weird on there. Um, Heather McDonald revealing that Below Deck is filming a spinoff called Below Deck St. Martin. Um... She revealed this while she was talking to Jill Zarin about a about a couple of other shows that Jill's uh, Jill is like killing the game right now. She's on a couple of different Netflix shows. She's on the newest season of Below Deck where they said she's like an awful passenger. Um, but she was on there talking about all of that and her appearances. And Heather revealed that they asked her to be on Below Deck St. Martin. And they, it apparently cost $60,000 to go on. I'm like, I'm not paying you to go on a... Yeah. So you go on a yacht, that's crazy. Like, obviously, I would pay somebody to go on a yacht, but not if you're going to film me. If you're going to film me, then you have to pay me. How about that? Or at least pay for it. Um, so we've got that little bit of pop culture television news. We've got some more fun news. We've got former Disney Channel star Bridget Mendler um, embarking on a new journey in the space industry. So the 31-year-old, who is best known for her role as Teddy in the sitcom Good Luck Charlie, recently co-founded Northwood Space. The startup based in El Segundo aims to build satellite ground stations, which are typically large and circular antennas that connect to satellites in space. According to its website, the company was formed in 2023 by Mendler, Griffin Cleverly, and Shoria Lothra. Shoria, is that how you say it? Shoria Lothra. Um, while on vacation at Northwood Lake, we applied our expertise in SATCOM to build antennas from scratch and communicate with NOAA, NOAA, is that how you pronounce it? NOAA satellites. This laid the foundation that we've built upon ever since. The company is already attracting high-profile investors with about $6 million in initial funding. So that's really cool. She's, like, killing the game there, apparently. She's, like, killing the game in, like, the family life, too, because actress uh, Bridget Mendler reveals that she adopted a four-year-old son um and he's the greatest gift ever so she's got like a six million dollar like startup she's got like a new son she's like killing things like i'm so happy for her she kind of stepped away after she left that show um and obviously she like want to like kill the game over there doing the damn thing um so congratulations to her we've got to talk about some sad news unfortunately we've got to talk about some sad wendy williams news so wendy williams was diagnosed with front temporal dementia and aphasia so the former talk show host was diagnosed last year after undergoing several medical tests actor bruce willis was diagnosed with identical ailments back in 2022 so that's really, really sad. She was diagnosed last year after undergoing several medical tests. Her team said the conditions have presented significant hurdles in Wendy's life. Wendy would not have received confirmation of these diagnoses were it not for the diligence of her current care team, who she chose, and the expertise, uh, the extraordinary work of their specialists at Well Cornell Medical. Uh, receiving a diagnosis has enabled Wendy to receive the medical care she requires, Williams' team said in a news release. 
man, that is sad. Actor Bruce Willis was diagnosed with aphasia in 2022, which progressed to front temporal dementia. Um, Wendy Williams, this this news comes ahead of the premiere of the lifetime premiere of Where Is Wendy Williams, a two part documentary about her health and mental uh, health or her physical and mental health. It airs February 24th and February 25th on Lifetime, and it looks really, really, really sad. Oh my gosh! Like Black China visits her. I'm like, first of all, why is Black China visiting her? Um, secondly, like it's it's sad seeing her like that. She really is just not like present. She, she you know what she was present enough to say is that that her husband that her ex is broke. She keeps saying that. She's like, I was married. I'm divorced from my husband. He's broke. I was like, oh. Like, wow. That was like, it was really shocking to see her like that. Um, So we've got some more television news, but I feel like this one, I'm going to move it into its own, like, area. So we've got a little bit more television news that I want to talk about. So we've got Nick Pizzolatto, the creator of the True Detective franchise, has been vocal about his distaste for season four of the HBO drama that stars Jodie Foster and Callie Reese. Although Pizzolatto is credited as the executive producer, for the fourth season, he was not direct involved directly with the series that Issa Lopez wrote, executive produced, and directed. Wow, that's like a lot going on there, Issa. Um, so following the finale of the True Detective Night Country, um, Pizzolatto took to social media to give a platform to negativity about the show and has found himself in the middle of backlash over it. Amid the controversy, Pizzolatto created an Instagram post for viewers to air out their positive and negative comments about the show. This here is a place for all your trolling, support, infighting around True Detective and the absolute moral degeneracy and misogyny of anyone who did not think it was good let's move these screed off my post about my wife true love and my father's death okay pizzolato captioned post okay um he continued i'd stay civil but of course civility has no place when criticism of a television show indicates some form of hitlerism evil that must be stomped on uh what so roll on tide satire is welcome and do try and have a nice day um, he seems like a fucking asshole kind of to me. Um, the star of season four replied back saying that's a damn shame. Reese wrote, uh, back on X about Pizzolatto's decision to amplify negative reactions to the finale. But Hey, I guess if you don't have anything good to share shit on others is a new wave. LOL. Um, so that's kind of cool. I guess that she like shot back at him, told him, fuck you, dude. Um, he does seem like a dick. And from what I hear, like the first season of true detective was like stolen from some other writer. It was like the writer's idea. I don't know. Um, I didn't watch it. Is that bad? I, maybe I need to go back and watch or Maybe I don't cause this guy kind of sucks. Um, but we'll get into some more pop culture news next. Let's talk about like, okay. So the next few stories that we're going to talk about, it's going to be like a wave of like sad, like true crime shit. Um, so let's start with like the YouTube execs kid. So yeah. So these like next few stories are going to be like some like true crime, like some like sad, some like kind of like weird, um, stories. So let's start with some sad stuff. So we've got the 19 year old son of a former YouTube executive died last week at the UC Berkeley campus where he resided officials and a relative have said, so the university confirmed that Marco Tropper, a 
Berkeley freshman was found unresponsive Tuesday afternoon at the university's Clark Kerr campus. Tropper was later pronounced dead by emergency responders from the Berkeley Fire Department, the university said. Esther Wojcicki, 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 the mother of the former YouTube CEO, Susan Wojcicki, said in a Facebook post that the family is beyond devastated, beyond comparison. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That the family is devastated beyond comprehension over the death of her 19-year-old grandson, Troper. Um, there were no signs of foul play, and the Alameda County Coroner's Office is investigating and will determine the cause of death, according to Janet Gilmore, the university's senior director of strategic communications. So that's awful. Oh, I hate hearing that. We've got some, like, also really sad news. We've got a sheriff um, in Tennessee accidentally killing a woman. Um, and himself, I guess. So a Tennessee sheriff's deputy and a woman he had just arrested suffered a tragic fate together, drowning in the dark after taking a wrong turn into a river last week. Um, so state officials said that Robert John R.J. Leonard, 35, had only recently, months ago, moved to rural Tennessee from upstate New York with his family, according to the 9th Judicial uh, District Attorney General uh, Russell Johnson Leonard was responding to some sort of call about an alleged disturbance on the bridge over the Hawassi River. That call came in about a man jumping in and out of traffic or a man and a woman on the bridge who seemed to be fighting, the DA said. The deputy arrived on the scene at 9.48 p.m. on February 14th, officials said. Then, three minutes later, he radioed back to say an arrest had been made and he was en route to the Meigs County Jail. The nature of the arrest was not relayed. The identity of the arrestee was not shared at the time. Um, so roughly 12 minutes later at 10.03 a.m., another radio a.m., p.m., another radio transmission came from the deputy's control car. The deputy's patrol car, Johnson, said at a press conference, dispatch couldn't tell what he was saying, the DA said, or what he had said. And it took a while and some analytics to go into play to see what he was being, to try and understand what was being said. And we think he was saying water. At the same time, he was also texting his wife. It's my understanding he sent a one-word text that said arrest. His wife texted back, said that's good or that's great. We know that he did not receive it. His phone did not evidently receive that text. So that's sad. Come to find out this guy arrested like this couple was like fighting on the bridge. He arrested the woman, I guess, took her into the car. And while he was texting his wife to tell her that he had done his first arrest, he ended up taking the wrong turn off of a bridge and went into the water with the woman in handcuffs in the back. She ended up drowning back there covered in mud. He ended up getting out of the car and also drowning. So, I mean, Jesus Christ, that is like... That is so sad that for that poor woman, I cannot imagine how she felt in that moment, like knowing that she was going to die. She was apparently a mother to two sons. Like that is awful. And like, how could you do that to somebody? Then also like, obviously he didn't mean to do that, but like that accidents happen. But like, I know that her husband is probably going to be like regretting like that fight for the rest of his life. Um, so we've got some more like really fucking crazy uh, like child news actually i guess in this time we've got a child neglect case um from someone named jasmine moss you're like okay who the fuck is that so a mother has been criminally charged after posting a photo to social media allegedly showing her five-year-old daughter waxing older women according to the memphis police department jasmine moss is charged with child neglect 
a spokesperson spoke to an owner of a Memphis Skin Academy in Bartlett um, for their input as a licensed esthetician, um, saying, myself, a mother, I would probably not have my child as young as five doing a service like that. Yeah, you think? So this woman had her five-year-old daughter waxing these other women's, like, private areas, and she did 26 clients, and they were, like, okay with it. I'm like, if that, if you're, hello, you're, you're like, there's a child there. I'd be like, I'm not having the child do it. You're doing it actually. And you're going to get the child and put it in like a different room. Like that's crazy. I don't know how that's like so fucking wild. I like got disgusted whenever I heard about that. Um, so or I didn't hear about it. I saw it on Twitter. I saw the picture. I was like, Oh, why is she like having a child? Like do that. That's weird. Um, so I guess we can kind of like end things kind of with like a light note finally. Um, so El Chapo's granddaughter, uh, joins the hunt for Loch Ness monster while romping through Scotland. You're like El Chapo's granddaughter. What, what are you talking about? So the teenage granddaughter of the jailed drug kingpin El Chapo is partying her way through Scotland and even joined a hunt for the elusive Loch Ness monster. So we've got Frida Sofia Guzman Munez, 18, has been making the rounds during her Scottish jaunt, posting pictures at a Johnny Walker whiskey tasting, checking out the view from Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle, and hitting the Highland for a boat trip on Loch Ness to look for its legendary resident. The Herald reported on Monday. The teenager is the daughter of Edmer, er, not Edmer, Edgar Guzman Lopez, the drug lord's son who was gunned down by rival Narcos in a Mexican parking lot in 2008, the outlet said. Her current vacation has also taken her to the Louvre. Is it the Louvre? The, U, the Louvre? Is it Louvre? Uh, museum and Versailles in Paris. It's taken her to Buckingham Palace and to the Tower of London in England, according to her Instagram page. Um, it is unclear, however, if she stumbled upon Nessie. So that's great. I'm glad that she's living her best life after her father was like tragically killed. And like, oh my God, if my dad was like shot down. I'd be like, so sad. But like, she's living her best life and I'm happy for her. So get it, girl. Um, we're going to get into some. Uh, Let's get into some Billie Eilish hating TikTokers news. So we've got some Billie Eilish news, and apparently Billie Eilish hates TikTok stars. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Maybe she does. I haven't asked her. So the What Was I Made For songstress seemingly shaded some of the TikTokers in the room at the 2024 People's Choice Awards on Sunday, February 18th. While in a conversation with Kylie Minogue, Eilish was filmed saying something along the lines of, there's so many TikTokers here. Once she realized she was being filmed, the Grammy winner attempted to cover up her mouth. Listeners can faintly hear her noting that there were some TikTok stars over there while shaking her head and saying, I don't need it. Both singers then appeared to nod in agreement. <laughs> like, oh my God, like her and Kylie Minogue being like, fuck TikTokers. Um, so while the 2024 award ceremony had to share of Hollywood A-listers, actors, and musicians, there were several TikTokers in the building as well as like reality stars. Some influencers Eilish could have been referring to include Tana Mogo, Chris Olsen, Gigi Gorgeous, Alex Earl, James Charles, among other smaller creators. Um, and I get it. I know what she's talking about. They had fucking... So they had, like, this line behind Halle Bailey that was, like, all hugging her. I saw Gigi Gorgeous. There was James Charles. There was, like, some other, like, annoying gay. Was it, like, Chris Olsen? I don't know. Um, they're all just, like... 
just annoying her. It's like not a meet and greet, dude. It's like an award show. Like let you get their fucking award and go home. Um, so yeah, that that happened, and then uh, like Harry Daniels. He like he offended America Ferrera whenever he asked her like would she prefer to have a thought daughter or a gay son? She's like, Oh my god, what, huh? And I'm like, just fucking answer the question. Just say both, like say why not both or like thoughts? I don't know. Like you can like make a joke out of it. You don't have to like take everything so seriously, girlfriend. Harry Daniels is like an annoying TikToker though. He's like the one that like sings to everybody. Um I remember him like going viral because he was like fighting with some guy about Zara Larson. He was fighting with that ugly Ricky guy about like Zara Larson. So funny. Um the good old days. So we can talk about some more. Let's talk about another fucking like really scary, um <laughs> really fucking scary like TikTok news. So have you guys heard of fullestness? Um so they are a homeless storage unit couple that's how i heard of them at least they are a couple that lives in a storage unit or they were living in a storage unit they got kicked out of the storage unit now they're just like homeless like living in like tents and like filming it and like putting tiktoks together and talking about how they're like not getting jobs and like just like all this other like crazy stuff and i like found their reddit and they're like on there and they're acting just like wild and crazy and i'm just like this is like too wild and too crazy for me um so yeah check it out if you guys get the chance to they're just like a little funny um we've also got a little bit of like random pop culture news that like i don't know if anybody else cares about but like i do so you're gonna have to listen to me so pop crave has officially been exposed um and she's a beautiful girl so congratulations to her for that i like don't know why i thought pop crave was gonna be like six like evil gays in a corporation together but i feel like it's just like a beautiful girl it's just like they're taking pictures um somebody exposed her on tiktok they were like they're like that girl is pop crave i'm telling you that girl's pop crave over there and they took a picture of her while she was taking pictures of some celebrities and then went on pop craves twitter and like saw that they were the same pictures that were like being taken um and they called her out she was like laughing about it she's really cute i was like happy for her i'm like good pop crave deserves to be like a cute girl like that um so we've got that little bit of news We've also got some John Cena news. So WWE star and longtime actor John Cena has been known for his talents both in the ring and on screen, making appearances in Argyle, Barbie, and Fast X in the recent couple of months um in his wwe matches and in the barbie movie his physique is on full display making him a heartthrob of sorts to everybody who's got eyes um so now cena is treating fans to some exclusive content on only fans um, but only if you were but if you were planning on seeing the star bear at all you're out of luck he announced the endeavor promising subscribers they'll see him like you've never seen me before Upon visiting the page, you're greeted not by the profile of John Cena, but of Ricky Stanicki, the title character of his upcoming movie releasing next month. I guess he's got some new flick coming out, and he's going to be in it, like, showing his, like, body yaddy yaddy off. So, I'm curious. I'm, like, it's... Didn't they just fire somebody from the WWE for, like, having an OnlyFans though? So, I feel like it's kind of, like... I don't know, hypocritical that he can just like put that out there. Who knows? We'll jump into some, uh, let's do some uh, pop culture news. Let's do some Bravo news to like end the show this week. So I guess to end the show this week, we can get into some Bravo news. And boy, do we have some news to talk about this week. It's like bang, bang, bang all over the board. So we have got Tom Sandoval apologizing for comparing Vanderpump Rules scandal to OJ Simpson and George Floyd. 
What? So the Vanderpump Rules star 40 spoke with the New York Times magazine for a lengthy interview published on Tuesday about the infamous scandal in which he cheated on girlfriend Ariana Maddox with her friend Raquel Levis. The Times asked Sandoval why he felt the affair received as much attention as it did. I'm not a pop culture historian, really, but I witnessed O.J. Simpson thing and George Floyd and all those big things, which is really weird to compare this to. That, I think, but do you think in a weird way it's a little bit the same, he asked. As Sandoval made those comments, the Times noted that a 23-year-old member of his new publicity team was typing furiously away on her phone, although the reporter suggested Sandoval was simply trying to express the oddity of becoming the symbolic center of a nationwide discussion, nationwide, nationwide discussion and a new major news story. I get what he was trying to say. He wasn't trying to say that like he wasn't trying to say he wasn't trying to say that he that his story was comparable to it. He was saying that like they were both like events like mainstream news events for some reason. His was for obvious reasons, George Floyd, for obvious reasons, uh, O.J. Simpson. But his is like kind of like, why the fuck was it? Um, so quickly following the publication of his New York Times magazine interview, Sandoval took to his Instagram stories on Tuesday to apologize for comparing his Vanderpump Rules scandal to the media coverage of OJ Simpson and George Floyd. Sandoval called the comparison inappropriate and ignorant. My intentions behind the comments I made in the New York Times magazine were to explain the level of national media attention my affair received. Sandoval wrote, I'm incredibly sorry and embarrassed. I, I, I know what he's talking about. Like, he wasn't saying that, like, what happened to him was as bad as what happened to George Floyd. He's not saying what happened to him was, like, that he felt bad for, like, what's her name? Like, Nicole Brown. He's saying that they, they he was just, like, he's part of pop culture at this time. Um, and I don't think that he's, like, necessarily wrong with that. Do you think that he's wrong? I don't know. So we've got some more, like, crazy pop culture news. We've got Heather Gay versus the Watch What Crappens Gays. What? Gay versus gay. Um, so on the Watch What Crappens podcast, Ronnie Karam and Ben Mendelkir discussed a bit of news surrounding Heather Gay, uh, saying people are asking why Heather Gay unfollowed us. Ronnie said, first of all, you guys, aren't we housewives? Are or, No, are we housewives that you're checking up on who's following us and who's not following us? That's crazy, he joked. He then confirmed that Heather didn't get pissed at us because her skin is as light as it seems to be on television and she got very upset that we invited monica well we did not invite monica we nominated monica for some crappy awards and that set heather off heather was allegedly upset because monica is like a real criminal to her yikes um ronnie then said that he tried to explain to heather that he would not change the show on her behalf you're nice and everything but we're gonna do a show about bravo whether you're here or not okay lady he conceded monica is an asshole but she was very popular hilarious asshole who gave you guys a very good season got her there um so ben added for us not to include monica or to not nominate Monica as best newbie would be such insincere bullshit. He further asked if Heather would cut ties with the LA Times or Variety for their profiles on Monica. Ronnie then told Heather to get the fuck out of here, lady. I bought your book twice and listened to your ass for six hours in a row. Oop, he does not give a fuck. He's he's like he's like he's like that Miley Cyrus like stalker. He's like I don't give a fuck if I live or not. Oh my god, he didn't say live or not. Um, so we can talk about some more SLC news. We've got a couple of new girlies. We've got Melly, who's supposedly going to be a friend of. 
we've got Bronwyn, who's going to be like gay icon, fashion icon, like all the gays and girls are like loving her so far. Um, and then we've got Brittany, who Brittany seems to be like the wild card. Brittany seems to be a little bit different. Um, seems to be a little bit wild. She's a little bit off the charts. Like, she caught my eye at first because she, I found out that she made like a fake fan page for her boyfriend at the time, Jared. Um, at the time exactly because they've ended up breaking up from here and now she's on tinder like looking for a man and she's on instagram and she's singing like the mean girls and musical songs and i'm like oh my god this woman like she could be mess and whenever monica does come back in a couple seasons or next season or this season whenever i feel like they could like hit it off like go against each other um but this other new girl rama i feel like she would like monica so we'll see how it goes um we've got a couple more bravo stories sorry we to end this um on like a long note uh so we've got brandy versus andy so we've got brandy glanville is accusing andy cohen the bravo head honcho of sexually harassing her according to a scathing letter her attorney sent nbc shed media and warner brothers that was obtained by page six so the real housewives of beverly hills alum 51 claims the watch what happens live host 55 allegedly sent her a video in 2022 in which he appeared obviously inebriated Cohen allegedly boasted in the clip that he wanted to sleep with another Bravo star while thinking of Landville per the letter and allegedly invited the former housewife to watch him via FaceTime. What? Oh my God. That's fucking crazy. She's like, he's like wanting uh, one of the housewives to watch him fuck somebody. That's crazy. Um, so the identity of the rally star that the father of two allegedly wanted to hook up with was not uh, disclosed. He's probably talking about fucking Joe Gorga. That's probably how fucking Melissa's gotten to stay on this fucking show as long as she has his fucking He's over there sucking into Cohen's dick. That disgusts me. Um, so reps for Cohen declined page six's request for comment. Not many Bravo stars have publicly spoken out against Cohen and appears not have come forward to accuse him of sexual harassment in the past. However, Real Housewives of New York City alum Bethany Frankel has been at the forefront of the reality TV reckoning at Bravo and has accused her former boss of belittling racism at the network. What is she talking about belittling racism in the network? She's fucking, she was racist on the network. I saw her with my own two eyes being racist on Watch What Happens Live. Um, I'll post that clip on in Instagram. Um, but we've got, yeah, so Real Housewives of Atlanta alum Nini Leaks also previously sued Bravo, claiming she was discriminated against because of the color of her skin, then withdrew the suit. Um, so aside from the Andy Cohen Diaries author, Friedman and Garagos claim in the letter that NBC and Shed Media are allegedly deliberately misconstruing an interaction between Glanville and production executive named Sean Loser. Mr. Loser has a history of solicitating or engaging in sexual relations with female reality stars under his purview, the attorney, attorneys allege. Miss Glanville is no exception. Mr. Loser has always been transparent about his attraction to Miss Glanville. What? What? So they've got some like they've got one of the producers on there fucking one of the housewives. What is going on? That is fucking crazy. He's just fu who else is he fucked? Probably Carlton because supposedly there was that like rumor a couple weeks ago that like a couple weeks ago, a couple of months ago that this guy, this random like I think it was on like a Netflix show maybe like reality show. 
he banged two Real Housewives. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on on that set? What's going on behind the scenes there? Um, so that's fucking crazy. We've got one little bit more Bravo news going on right now. So we've got Portia Williams filing for divorce from Simon Gudabia after 15 years of marriage. Oh, my God. Why is my phone playing that? Sorry if you heard that. Um, so the Real Housewives of Atlanta alum wed the Nigerian-born businessman in November 2022. So Portia Williams and Simon Gudabia's marriage is coming to an end after a year after they tied the knot. The Real Housewives of alum of Atlanta alumni filed for the divorce from Gadobia on Thursday in Atlanta, according to court documents obtained by People. News of their split come as rumors fly online about his citizen status. However, a source tells People the divorce is unrelated to recent allegations involving Simon's past. The cause of their split is an ongoing matter, adds the insider. What? They just announced Portia's coming back and now she's getting divorced as soon as she comes back on the show? That is really sad. Um, Really fucking crazy. Um, We'll see how that goes. We're probably going to end things after that too, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys already don't, be sure to check out my Instagram at radio. I'm trying to grow my following on there, trying to get to 100 followers on there. I'd really appreciate it if you could give me a follow on there. And um, if you guys already haven't, can I get a five-star review and maybe like a written review on here? If you enjoy the podcast, that would be like really nice. I would love that. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next week, we will see you then. Um, but yeah, have a good one. See you next week. Bye.